Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, Episode 51, recorded Sunday, January 31st, 2021. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Hi again, everyone. And I want to thank you for listening to Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Cintrapino. So here we are, closing out January 2021. Winter made its return this past week here in Connecticut with a bit of snow and then some very cold weather. I'm certainly ready for the groundhog to tell us that spring is right around the corner. But first, I think we have another snow event in the forecast, and it's going to go over Groundhog Day, actually. That really doesn't stop us, though. I was in the pool last weekend doing an open water course, and we've got some more training coming up soon. On today's show, I'm going to talk a little bit about something called a Paddy Pro Night. Then, I want to give you a little bit of information on Reef's Grouper Moon Project, and we'll take a a look at another one of the original five U.S. scuba manufacturers, U.S. Divers. So let's get started with Episode 51 of Scuba Shack Radio. There are many reasons why individuals decide to become a scuba diving professional. Many people dream of becoming a dive master or an instructor and ditching the corporate world, leaving that officer cubicle behind as they head off to an exotic destination to live the carefree life. What a dream. Many of us, however, join the professional ranks because of our passion for diving and our driving desire to share this passion with others. We therefore become leaders in the dive community. Not everyone, however, knows just what it means to be a dive industry professional or what it takes to go pro. Our shop affiliation is with the Professional Association of Diving Instructors, PADI. And as a PADI five-star instructor development center, one of the ways we get the word out about becoming a dive professional is by hosting a PADI Pro Night. We just completed a PADI Pro Night last week, so I thought I'd take a little time to talk about this in case you hear about one of these in the future, and then you'll know what it's all about. First of all, our session, which we choose to do virtually this year, was open to anyone with the interest in becoming a dive industry pro. It didn't matter if you were a seasoned rescue diver ready for the next chapter or someone just starting out on their scuba diving journey. All were welcomed. I know when I first started diving, I didn't have that appreciation of the comprehensive training, development, and experience that it took to become either a dive master or an open water scuba instructor. So I think it's important to emphasize that this professional night is for everyone and anyone. 
In the past, the Patty Pro Night was typically held at the shop, where people could meet, talk, and swap dive stories. Diving is such a social activity. Like everything this past year, going virtual seemed to be the best choice. Having folks come in with masks and and maintaining proper social distancing wouldn't really work. So what can you expect if you attend a Patty Pro Night? First, you will get a chance to meet a number of Patty professionals. For our get-together, we were fortunate to have our Northeast Patty Regional Manager, Rob Cole, join us. Having a member of the Patty team participate in these events is not uncommon. We start off by having several pros talk about their journey into the diving professional levels. They describe what motivated them to pursue this profession, what keeps them motivated, and the rewards they get from leading divers. Patty has also developed a couple of short videos to help show the diversity of people who pursue their professional designations. As I said at the beginning, this informational session is not just for people who are ready to start their dive master program, it is for everyone regardless of their level of diving education and experience. After introductions and some stories, we outline all the certifications that a recreational diver would need to become a PADI professional, starting with basic open water through advanced and up to rescue diver, including nitrox and emergency first response. The dialogue then shifts to all the professional ranks, from dive master to assistant instructor to open water scuba instructor and beyond. We provide more detailed information on how you achieve these levels. The session is designed to be conversational with questions and answers to give all those interested a good feel for the commitment needed. They get a great appreciation for the rigor and thoroughness of Patty's professional programs. So we conducted this in early 2021 so we could show people how we could either get them ready to enter the professional programs or start one of those courses this year. By providing this information early, we thought it could show them the possibilities. Even if they weren't able to pursue training with us, we felt it gave them the background and understanding to work with another shop that met their logistical needs. So if you ever thought about what it takes to be a dive master or a scuba instructor, be on the lookout for a Patty Pro Night, either in your area or online like we did. Start your journey. This past week, I attended another Reef Environmental Educational Foundation, or Reef Webinar, or as they like to call them, Fishinars. This past year, they've been doing something different by having a game of Jeopardy on various regions or topics. Their latest Jeopardy game was about the Grouper Moon Project. I've heard about Grouper Moon before, but really didn't know a lot about it. So you guessed it, time for more research. First off, It has been around for almost 20 years now, but how did it all start? Well, Nassau grouper are fish that aggregate in large numbers for spawning, and they do this around the full moon in the wintertime. As you guessed it, fishermen would find it easy to catch large numbers of the Nassau grouper during their spawning. 
Over time, however, in the Cayman Islands, the fishermen started to see the collapse of these fish when trying to catch them during the aggregation. So began the study. Reef started the project to study and monitor the aggregations in partnership with the Cayman Island Department of Environment, along with researchers now from Scripps Institute of Oceanography and Oregon State University. It is billed as the most advanced tropical fisheries research program in the world. The project incorporates research, monitoring, and outreach. That Jeopardy game that I attended was hosted by Bryce and Christy Simmons, who are two of the key researchers heading up the Grouper Moon project. Over the past years, they have used many different methods of monitoring and tracking the fish during the spawning aggregation. They had a category in the Jeopardy game on the things that didn't work so well, and that was pretty interesting. But through the research and out- outreach, they have been able to work with the Cayman Islands to put in more progressive fishing policies. Some of these policies include a closed season from December 1st through April 30th. Additionally, during open season, the catch limit is five fish per person per day or five fish per boat, and the fish must be between 16 and 24 inches long. Now, the Nassau grouper doesn't reach uh, reproductive age until they're about five to seven years old, and they have an average lifespan of about 12 years old. They say the oldest known Nassau grouper was 29 years old. One of their methods of tracking the grouper is by tagging them, but they are working on something quite interesting. Facial recognition for Nassau grouper. The advancements in artificial intelligence are making some amazing things possible. If you go out to the Reef website under the Program tab, you can find a whole section on the Grouper Moon Project. From there, you can get an overview of the project, access a whole series of publications and papers, and have a look at some of the videos of the spawning and aggregations from over the years. There is also a video put together by Guy Harvey that features Sir Richard Branson titled Grouper Moon, The Next Phase, A Guy Harvey Expedition. In that video, they show one of their latest monitoring and tracking efforts, and that is to follow the embryos of the Nassau grouper to see where they end up. The Grouper Moon Project is also partnering with the Central Caribbean Marine Institute to study the impacts of rising sea temperature on these embryos. The increase in ocean temperature has a negative effect. That research is still ongoing. Another impact of climate change. As I closed out my research, I was wondering just how effective has the project been? Well, here's one piece of information that shows that it is working. On Little Cayman, the aggregation grew from about 1,200 fish in 2009 to over 7,000 in 2018. Now, that's very impressive. It also represents the first time that a sustained recovery of Nassau grouper has occurred following a fishery-induced collapse. So, what started out as another night participating in one of Reef's programs turned into a broader learning opportunity. Having been to Little Cayman just over a year ago, it was really fascinating to see some of the sites as I got a little deeper into the Grouper Moon project. Just imagine if we went out diving and there were no grouper. It almost happened, but thanks to initiatives like this, we have hope.
If you've been listening to Scuba Shack Radio, you'll know that I've been doing segments on the original five U.S. scuba equipment manufacturers in the United States. To refresh, I've already covered Voigt, Healthways, and Decor. That leaves Swimmaster and U.S. Divers. Well, I thought I'd cover Swimmaster in this episode, but I was stymied in my research. There just isn't that much I can find. I'm not sure if Swimmaster actually started out as Spearfisherman or was already in existence before they bought Spearfisherman. Apparently, Spearfisherman was started by Arthur Brown in 1945, and by 1955 it was either sold to or became Swimmaster. Ultimately, Swimmaster was acquired by Voigt in the early 1960s. Beyond that, I ran into dead ends. I'll continue to poke around, and if I come up with more, I'll pass it along. So I'll shift my focus instead to U.S. divers, but I have to say it's a little complicated. So let's start at the beginning. U.S. divers originally started out as Renee Sports. Renee Sports was a small sportswear company in Los Angeles owned by Renee Buzos. The store probably opened in the early 1940s as Renee had immigrated to the United States in 1939 from France. Renee Buzos was born in Paris in 1906. His father was an inventor, and one of his inventions was a slot machine. Well, Renee first came to the U.S. helping his father deliver slot machines in Las Vegas. He fell in love with America and moved his family to Los Angeles, where he opened his sportswear company. The primary clientele for Renee Sports was freedivers and the underwater hunting community. There is some conflicting information on just how Renee was introduced to scuba diving. Some indications are that he saw the Cousteau Aqualung in a store in Paris and contacted uh, Cousteau directly. There's another story that Cousteau brought six regulators to the West Coast and left them with Renee. Well, about this same time, Emile Gagnon had moved to Montreal and set up the division of Laird Liquide there and was using a company in the U.S. called Spaco to distribute their equipment. I also found some stories that Rene wasn't happy with the six units he had, so along with Glenn McCall, Dick Anderson, and Sam LaRock, they kind of made them work. So as Rene looked to get more regulators, Laird Liquide wanted, to go, wanted them to go through Spaco, but Rene wanted none of that. He wanted the distribution rights for the West Coast. Along the way, Rene Sports got a contract to provide aqualungs to the U.S. Navy. I guess that required that the parts be made in the United States. So I think that's where Rene got a license to produce the scuba regulators. In 1952, he formed U.S. divers out of Rene Sports, and the rest is history. Rene also registered the name Aqualung, a fortuitous measure. Well, by 1956, Lair Liquide wanted to terminate the exclusive agreement with U.S. divers. After some tense negotiation, Rene finally sold U.S. divers to Lair Liquide for $3 million in 1957 and Jacques Cousteau was named Chairman of the Board of Directors. In 2003, U.S. Divers was renamed Aqualung America, and La Spiro Techniques, which was part of Lair Liquide, 
was renamed Aqualung International. As I mentioned, there were some pretty complex arrangements back then and somewhat difficult to unwind. The U.S. diver name still lives on, however, and Aqualung uses it for some of their scoop, uh, snorkeling gear. But whatever happened to René Buzos? Well, he wasn't able to stay in the United States. He could not get, uh, become a, a naturalized citizen and, and was forced to return back to France. Perhaps that is another reason why he sold the company. As to why he could not obtain citizenship, it, had, it may have been something to do with his avoiding military service during World War II, or perhaps his battling in federal court over tariffs. Back in France, he became a golf course entrepreneur, and he passed away in 1989. So that's a little bit about U.S. divers, or as we know it today as Aqualong, one of the five original scuba diving equipment manufacturers in the United States. Gone, but certainly not forgotten. So that's it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed the segments, and once again, I want to thank you for tuning in. As always, if you haven't already subscribed on your favorite podcast application, I'd appreciate it if you would. Also, please consider giving the show a rating, and tell your friends about Scuba Shack Radio. I'll be back again in a couple of weeks with more. Until then, take care and stay safe, everyone. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time. <laughs>